This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We are knocking on the doors of going to level three, step two, Barry, of this COVID drama. No, but I can't get the hip cut. <laughs> but you can go get your teeth cleaned because you can go to the dentist. Can you go yes. to the dentist? I thought that might be one of those things you can't do. Apparently you can go to the dentist. We're recording this on Tuesday, Melbourne Cup Day, Mariana. I can't even have a bet. Can you actually go to the TAB today? No, the TAB won't be open today. You'd have to bet online. Well, have you got any tips there? Well, by the time people listen to them, the race will be over. But there's a nine-year-old running in there going for a second time in a row, twilight payment. A nine-year-old's never won the Cup. I'm pretty sure because I, I follow and really enjoyed the Twilight series. Wasn't there last year's winners something to do with Twilight? Twilight Payment, his name is. Yeah, so the Hamilton Bridge Club usually runs a bridge session on Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah. People wear their hats and they have nice food and prizes and broadcast it on the big screen. Won't be happening this year. I think they are running a session of bridge uh, this afternoon, but about the best you could hope for is that people might wear hats. Actually, we did go to bridge last year because we went to radio, remember, and then we went to the TOD put our bets on, and then we went to the club. So it was, it's a bit of fun, a yes. bit of something different, but this year it just won't be happening. Bit of a shame. Okay, let's catch up with the next segment of In the Cards with Vincent DeMay and Gavin Walpert. Let's see if they win that tournament. Vince is looking for a big score to win the tournament. On the final hand of the entire event, he gets his chance. He bids a double, telling Gavin he's got lots of clubs. Gavin replies that he's got clubs too. Vince's hand is looking even better now. He tells Gavin he thinks they can win all 13 tricks. A grand slam, the biggest score in bridge. But Gavin's getting worried. He doesn't think their cards are strong enough to win all 13 tricks. He tells Vince he thinks they should play it safe instead. Not what Vince wants to hear. He ignores Gavin's caution, pushing the bid even higher. Now Gavin's really feeling the pressure. He could play it safe, or he could trust that Vince knows what he's doing. Either way, any mistake he makes will hurt them both. But he decides to go along with Vince and bids the Grand Slam. If Gavin can win all the tricks, the tournament could be theirs. But if he loses, even a single one, disaster. There are do-or-die moments in Bridge, and this is one of them. Pushed along by Vince, Gavin has to win all 13 tricks in this hand. A grand slam. If he does it, he wins them their first major tournament. If he doesn't, they'll look like a couple of kids who can't take the heat. They're weak in diamonds, and their opponent knows it. So he leads with a diamond. Vince drops his hand. He's got the ace of diamonds, and Gavin tells him to play it, winning the first trick. You can play any bridge hand a million different ways, but there's often only one right way. One false step, and he's lost it for he and Vince. He wins the second trick, 11 to go. He wins the third, fourth, fifth. Then, the deciding moment. If their opponents both show spades, 
Gavin will know he's won. If not, they've lost. He plays a spade. There's one spade. There's another. They've done it. Vince gambled. Gavin delivered. With seven tricks left to go, Gavin claimed the Grand Slam. It's like a home run with the bases loaded. Minus 200. Win 14. It's a huge score, but will it be enough? The boys went into this round trailing the Europeans by a point. If they come in with a Grand Slam too, they'll win it at the wire. Uh, we're still leading, but not by much. <laughs> Slowly, the other results come in. And then, time to declare a winner. Youngest Canadian champion, well done. With a major tournament victory under their belts, Gavin and Vince are suddenly very busy. This is the life. And we'll catch up with Vincent and Gavin again next week. So some more damage. We were talking to Judge Julie about damage. So listen to that segment because it is rather interesting. So we've asked the question with the judge and she wants to talk about damage. But Barry, is there any other sorts of damage that you can get? at the bridge table. Well, you mean when your partner punches you in the nose or something? <laughs> now, hang on. Don't talk about that. Do you remember the time when Barb, we were playing, I can't remember we were playing, and Barb was having some bleeding noses. And I'm not saying that it's funny or anything, but we had a cracker of a session and got high 60s or something like that. And I said to Barb, oh, maybe I should punch you in the nose more often. Emma means you have to have great session percentages. You know, there are lots of things, I guess, that can cause some type of damage, per se. The way your partner looks at you, the way the opponent speaks, the tone, even if it's got nothing to do with you, and it's the opponent's having a crack, it must cause some sort of damage to your mindset. I reckon that you probably have damage caused a hell of a lot less than you think. People get a bit precious they get offended and sometimes there's actually not much happened at all. And as the judge says, the times when people call the director and say, call me back later if there's any damage, most times there wasn't any. So I guess it can happen, but I think it's the exception rather than the rule. The other subject I want to talk about, and it's not really damage, but it is sort of upsetting the, the process in which clubs are, are looking at at the moment, and that's with AGMs, Barry. Auckland yeah, and Waikato clubs unable to hold the AGMs if they're hosting them in November. Hamilton, for one, is, and we're sort of backpedalling to see if, if we need a plan A, B and C and able to host our AGM. Online. Online, potentially. Yeah, I think pretty good chance it'll be online. If, I mean, the chances of having it live are not good. Is it better to have it online than not at all? I think so. I think so. You can get all rid of all the fiddly bits, you know, like if there's any presentations, you can get rid of that before the actual meeting. Anything that doesn't require to be in there like the little fluffy stuff you can get rid of that from the meeting and just host a meeting yeah it can be a nightmare but you've got to be clear with the guidelines of working online I know you myself and the bridge zone crew we're now pretty used to working online aren't we well yeah but i mean i guess the good news is you can go along to the agm and your pjs can't you i mean nobody would know yeah, I mean, I generally yeah. have a bad hair day every day with my... So you could be sitting there with a, with a bit of toast and a cup of coffee and sitting there in your PJs. Hey, maybe the numbers will be bigger than usual. Or maybe they won't have their PJs. Maybe they'll have nothing at all on Mariana. No, no, no. Oh, oh my God. Anything. 
Yeah, as long as they don't stand up and say, I object, Mr. Chairman. It's like, oh, shit, sorry, I was in the nakedy. Yeah, I forgot I didn't have any pants on. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> but I wonder how many other clubs have got that issue. So I know for Hamilton, we've got a plan B, which is nice. Well, for those clubs that are thinking, oh, it's too hard, it's actually not that hard, is it, Mariana, to hold a Zoom meeting? No, it's not. you just got to make sure no, that sorry. everybody understands how to use it. Mm. But even a smaller club that can't hold their AGM, give it some thought. Holding a Zoom meeting is not that hard. That's we hold right. one every week or more than one. <laughs> hey, and you know the program booklet, that's due to come out. What do you think whether or not you should actually plan to have an online tournament for next year? When New Zealand Bridge gives the okay to have online tournaments, I really think that they would want to restrict the numbers of online tournament events because then you'd have no one moving around. Well, I'm just I'm just intrigued that you're saying when New Zealand Bridge approve online tournaments, do you know something that we don't know, Mariana? No, no, I don't know anything. <laughs> no, I don't have the luxury of being in the know like you do. My nose <laughs> isn't long know. enough, Mr Pinocchio. <laughs> but, but I mean, NZ Bridge, to some extent, has to restrict the number of tournaments, otherwise it would be insane, it could be yes. out of control. So yep. I guess it's no different. They just have to decide how many tournaments that are there and how many online tournaments yep. they'll allow. And we're, we're always assuming that it is going to happen. It does seem like a fait accompli, doesn't it? That, that they will, at some point, allow more online tournaments. It's not just Hamilton, is it? No, it's not. I really think that each club should look to get savvy with the Real Bridge platform, if that's the platform we're using. And at the moment, that's the only one that we are sort of okay with. BBO is still active. There's still tournaments being held on BBO. Well, true. But I mean, you like the real sense with the master points, like the trial that we just undertook. If that is successful, what is the number that you believe clubs could realistically hold online in a year? I wouldn't like to think it would go more than two. What do you reckon? You mean each club hold two? Yeah. If they said, okay, we accept it. We've now got our regs and everything ticked off about online tournaments. How many do you think would be a good number? I reckon potentially two. If you remember, a lot of clubs would probably only hold maybe even one tournament a year anyway, oh, or maybe okay. two. So Hamilton probably holds more tournaments than a lot of clubs. Auckland would be another. You know, the bigger clubs do hold more tournaments, Tauranga and, uh, yeah. and the like. So if you said two, I mean, I guess it would depend on how many tournaments a club had in a year. Mm. I mean, Hamilton does hold a few. I wouldn't expect that Hamilton would hold more than one. That would be my thought. Yeah. And if you have a club like, say, Morrinsville, I think they only have one tournament a year, so they're not going to be holding two online. True. I just thought... Depend on the size of the club is what I'm saying and how many tournaments they currently hold. I could imagine a little hit club that could have the ability of hosting online holding a couple more because you don't need to, you know, like the catering and the scorer and that sort of thing and anybody from the whole country came because that was one of the... The good things about playing online. Is that it me? was. Yeah. People from everywhere. And, and I mean, you're right. I mean, all those associated hassles with catering and parking and carpooling and getting all the tables set up and dealing all the boards. There's so many things that just disappeared. Even counting the, the money, you know, if people come in, they don't pay online and they hand over cash. Less bank yep. fees. You don't have to worry about holding cash. 
There's a whole lot of things. Anyway, it was just something that I thought of. We better be careful. We might be convincing everybody that it's much easier to hold their tournaments online. Well, I know, but that was the whole thing. If there was a number, what was the number? I didn't think you would entertain going past two. Potentially, they might even restrict them that you have the ability to hold one, and that would just slide into your program already. I've got to say, there are a lot of benefits. It's really tempting to think, huh, I can either travel to Tauranga, which is going to take me an hour and a half or whatever it takes me to get yeah. there and an hour and a half back. Or in Vicagula holding an online tournament, I could play in that from a lounge. This <laughs> tempting, isn't it? It's cheaper. I don't have to travel anywhere and I save a lot of time. The benefits are so big that you could see that it's going to eat into live tournaments and people are going to be less prepared, I think, to travel long distances to play. Which means you have to restrict the number to a very low number, not open it up. Yeah, you probably do. That's right. Hey, do you ever think that you could get like a mishmash of online and face-to-face, i.e. like the Gold Coast tournament? Do you think you can actually go in there and play face-to-face and still sort of have real bridge You're competing against people that are playing online. Yeah. Do you think that'll ever... It's possible. Um, see, I was talking to a, a good player who was saying that from a club that's not a bad sized club, but you know, not a huge club, and they're just loving playing online and sort of almost reluctant to go back and play at their club because it's just not going to be as good as sitting down playing against all these these other players that you get to play against online. That is a worry for face to face bridge, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I miss driving out to tournaments, actually. I like playing online. Admittedly, I only play twice a week, so I'm not doing it every day because I'm rather busy. Anyway, so think good. One, one is people like the person I was talking about who don't really want to go back to their club to play. They like playing online because the bridge is better and the competition's better. Then, then you've got tournaments where we were all in the habit of jumping in the car and driving for hours and spending yep. a lot of money and all the rest of it. And now we can just jump online and we can all just be lazy. Who'd like to guess what the face of tournament bridge will be like in five years' time? I think if you said, okay, we've got a tournament in Rotorua, yep. you can either drive, for, spend three or four hours driving to get there and back, or you can just play online from the lounge. You know, I think there's a lot of people, and I might be one of them, that thinks, yeah, I don't really want to spend all that time in a car. Well, I do think it's going to have some attractiveness to, like, in the cargo. Yes. Kerry, Kerry, Whangarei. Imagine that. If they just open their, the access up just a little, their table numbers will double, at least, on Real Bridge. I maybe, think- maybe it does need to be combined. Like you said, they could still hold the tournament at Kerry, Kerry, but let people play online. I don't quite know how that would all work out because you wouldn't think that the online players would be able to compete against the face-to-face ones. Although ABBA's back and they've got all these, what do they call them? You know, things of them, computer-generated images of of them. I don't know. (laughs) You never know. Technology's going so quickly and it's pleasing to see that Bridge has been able to jump on board with it. Hey, the other thing is, they might be able to work it so that we can all get digitally enhanced and we all look like we're 30 years younger. <laughs> you can do it already. Go into your settings and improve your video appearance. <laughs> <laughs> That's about us with our gas and on. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. Good morning. How is it in lockdown for week 11? 
I'm about to have a desk delivered today, having ordered it about six or eight weeks ago. I can't remember. When I rang up about it, apparently it's been in the Hauraki Gulf twice coming oh. off a ship. But anyway, it's got here. Well, it's going to get here very soon. Make sure you both have masks on. Oh, you're so used to doing that. You've got some new digs coming into your office. How cool is that? Hey. <laughs> I've got a stop card question for you today, Julie. I think we've all seen this happen where somebody gets the stop card out and then thinks about it and then puts it back down again and just bids without jumping, something that doesn't need a stop card. So the question is, well, there is a bit of unauthorised information, I guess. What rights do the opponents have when that happens? Well, it's the same with anything. If you start to write down a bid and you change your mind or you're looking to pull something out of the bidding box and you change where your hand is, if you take forever and you're humming your hair or whatever you do, when you do something like that, your partner has information that they're not entitled to. And interestingly enough, the use of stop cards had people up in arms because when you used a stop card, you told your partner you were going to make a jump bid. And if you hadn't used the stop card, maybe your partner wouldn't have noticed. was one of the things about not using stop cards, which is not in line with the laws of bridge, which are all about equity and fairness, as opposed to creating issues around technicalities, which we can't avoid revokes, insufficient, all of those things are technicalities. But it's a lot harder to make an insufficient bid if you're using a bidding box. If you use stock cards and you shouldn't use them, clearly you might have been thinking about making a weak jump bid or an intermediate jump bid or something, whatever your system is, and when you see the auction properly, you change your mind. That means partner has information they should not have. And what happens is that you call the director Or you say to the opponents, I'm aware I was doing this. Or you say to your opponent, are you aware that you were doing this? And they'll say yes, in which case we just keep playing. They'll say no, we call the director and say we want to reserve our rights in case there is an issue at the end of the hand. You play the hand and then call the director back if there is a problem. Hesitating, doing things like that, do not bar partner from the auction. The auction and everything else continues. The director will make a ruling on whether the 80% odd people of your standard would have made the bid or the play or whatever the situation is that you did. And if they didn't, then there's going to be a bit more thought required. The ruling on these things is very clear. There are three steps that you go through as a director, and the first one is there has to be damage. So if you've got a top board and your opponent was fiddling with the cards, who cares? And if a stop card wasn't used or was used, it doesn't matter. You've got a good result. The director might warn the player to use the stop card appropriately or whatever the case may be. But if there's no damage, there's no problem. If there is damage then the damage has to be caused by the unauthorised information. So there has to be something that happened on the other side of the table that was caused by the fact that this person was or wasn't using a stop card appropriately. That ruling is applied against people of your standard and at a certain point of clear cut, which is about 80-odd percent of people of your standard doing something. So there's a whole raft of stuff, and it's not the director coming and picking on people. It's not that the director decides how they feel about it. They are meant to rule 
in an unbiased manner using some very clear-cut guidelines that remove the issue from the personalities at the table to something else. But you call the director. Sorry? The thing about equity and fairness, I'm really surprised it didn't say something in the laws about being kind. (laughs) Yeah, Kia Kaha, just right there front and centre. Unfortunately, (laughs) no. (laughs) <laughs> kindness is nice but it's not a legal requirement in the bridge laws as far as I'm aware at the moment but equity is and underlying everything we do the laws are really clear we want to get bridge results we want that to occur by getting things back on track the way they should be and actually applying bridge results as much as we can when we are directing Julie, you probably haven't got any statistics on this. You could have a stab at it. The number of times that you say, call me back if you think you've been damaged, how often, if there were 10 calls, how many times do you think the director would get called back? It's actually quite interesting. Way less than her. Way, way less than her. Okay. The problem is, it's like the things that you remember are always those things that are unpleasant and difficult as a rule. We don't remember the wonderful feel-good moments. We feel those ones where we're really angry and annoyed about something. And we remember when we're directing, going to a table and people are angry and annoyed. (laughs) The majority of the time there there isn't damage. How often there's no damage because they've got a bad result would be another issue. One of the things that happens is people panic in a lot of these situations and they bid when they shouldn't. But very often when they bid when they shouldn't, they go from the frying pan to the fire. It's clear sometimes, though, when you put something like a hesitation and somebody bids and you think, oh, and then you, know, you call the rector and reserve your right. As soon as the dummy goes down, you think, oh, yeah, OK, I've definitely got the bid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, seriously. Most people are just bidding normally. They don't know what to do. And I think it's one of our problems when we direct is that when we're deciding what to do, we're actually making the ruling in our own minds about whether we should or we shouldn't. And it's a really hard thing to do because you're not unbiased. You can't remove yourself from the situation. So it's an interesting problem as a director for yourself. But at the end of the day, there are some really clear-cut guidelines about what you do and what you don't do. And whether you should bid or whether you shouldn't is something the director will actually decide about what happens. And who'd have thought we'd have Judge Julie and kindness in the same podcast, Mariana? Oh, now I am just so upset with you. (laughs) I think you just caused some damage there, Barry. (laughs) You are so lucky the border is going to be closed for so long. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Those Bombay Hills are going to keep you out. Okay. You won't be in the bedroom anymore. You'll be in the garage the next time you get to stay in Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he always is. I usually am. Oh, I, I mean in the garage, garage, garage. I'm not the garage is very comfortable. In the downstairs bedroom in the garage. The basement. Garage. <laughs> They've got all these little doors heading off into all sorts of places there. <laughs> there could be bodies, there could be anything. <laughs> there might, there might be. There just <laughs> might be sometime, yep. <laughs> I think your days are numbered there, Mr Jones. That's not being kind either, all right? <laughs> As the subject was stop cards, I think we should stop now, Mariana. <laughs> 
that's a good one. I think a lot of people will get a lot of relief from that explanation, Judge. Well, thank you. It's just all these things just happen, and we just do the best we can. All right. Catch you next week. Bye. Coming up now, we're going down to New Plymouth and catch up with Kermit. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Hey there. How's life in the Naki? Oh, it's pretty good. I was just telling Mariana I had just the most amazing day at Riding for the Disabled today. A special day, and it'll keep me feeling cheerful for the rest of the week. <laughs> nice. Good. And one of the benefits of being in Level 2 as well, I suppose. Yeah, oh, yes, I guess so. We don't operate in Level 3, so he is keeping our fingers crossed that I'll be back there next week. Okay, what have you got for us today by way of a tip? Well, my tip for today is if you are the senior person playing with a new partner, play the junior person system. So a lot of our club players are are really helpful and they play with the more junior players in the club and that is wonderful. But, you know, put yourself in the junior person's shoes. They're a little bit apprehensive, a little bit nervous. So don't make them learn a new bit of system to add to all those worries. Just ask them what they want to play or just say, we'll play whatever the learner system is and let them be in their comfort zone. You be outside yours, not playing what you're used to playing. Mm. That's fair enough, I suppose. It's really hard for them to switch or to change systems, and it's probably easier for you. Yes, I was teaching a very junior player a couple of weeks ago, and she said to me, Pam, can you teach me transfers? Well, certainly I can. And she said, because I sat down with someone in my club the other day and they said, well, we're playing transfers and I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. So, you know, it is lovely to play with the junior players and it's a really important function to bring people up through the ranks in the club. But, yeah, let's make it as easy as we can for them and not make them learn new system on the fly because it's hard enough to play when you're new playing the learning system. Is. Yeah. Right. Any section of bridge is an adventure when you just started out, but it's even more of an adventure when you don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, it's hard enough sometimes just following suit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. One of the advantages if you're playing online is that won't let you not follow suit. That's good. That is good, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't revoked for ages. <laughs> I reckon that once you get back to face-to-face, you'll probably be revoking all over the place, Pam. It'll be well, just, it'll be rife. Well, we'll see, won't we? Because tonight I am actually playing face-to-face Bridget oh. at my club. So, well, don't yeah. self-alert, Pam. Yeah, and I'll try not to press the undo button. <laughs> We see you on Friday. I'm going to ask you how that went. If you could remember what to do. No, it'd be interesting. I haven't actually played face-to-face since the lockdown. So yeah. We'll enjoy it. It'll actually be lovely to see yeah. other club members. That's what we miss, isn't it? And that's one of the beauties of Real Bridge Platform yeah. is being able to see people's faces and talk to them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing my club members. How many tables are you expecting tonight, Pam? Well, I don't know. I think we had 12 on Friday, and um, it's the last night of our championship, A-grade championship peers, so 
we'll be there and I know another pair that'll be there. <laughs> so we'll see who else turns up. <laughs> so at least one table is what you're telling me. At least one table for sure. <laughs> okay, good luck tonight. We'll check in with you on Friday and see how you win. Okay, cool. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Where are we going to play bridge on the weekend, Mariana? I don't know. I haven't even had a look. The only place you'd be playing any bridge is in the lounge at home. Well, that was more goss from us on the bridge zone. It's been great talking. There's a lot of things happening and getting savvy with online. We will catch you next week. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.